Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. A reasonably eventful press conference today in Jackson with the Governor Tate Reeves. Obviously, things finished up with Greg Michelle from MEMA and Dr. Thomas Dobbs from the Mississippi Department of Health, but they began with the Lieutenant Governor uh, Delbert Hoseman and the Speaker of the House, Philip Gunn, joining Governor Tate Reeves uh, to announce that they had figured out a way to work together in terms of spending the one and a quarter billion dollars from the CARES Act that the uh, state of Mississippi will receive. I saw a tweet from uh, uh, Delbert Hoseman, the uh, lieutenant governor, uh, a little while ago, and I'll just read that in in terms of a summary uh, because I think this probably makes the most sense. Um, Mississippi legislature began last week and will continue appropriating the coronavirus relief fund this week. The governor and agencies will administer the funds. Together, we will continue to respond and begin to recover from COVID-19. So the legislature uh, will have the ability to appropriate the money, but the governor, in conjunction with the agencies and legislative leadership, uh, will administer the funds. So uh, I guess a couple of big A words there. Uh, Ultimately, the legislature will have to sign off on the money being spent, but then the governor, in conjunction with that leadership, uh, will decide where it needs to go. If if I'm reading that correctly, um, sounds like the, the turning point was when uh, the leadership sat down together at Governor Reeves' house last night. And so when you take grown people and you put them in a room face-to-face and say, we've got a serious problem and we need to figure out a way to uh, work through this, it's almost like you're able to uh, hammer out some answers. And uh, good for the uh, the three of them, for the governor, the lieutenant governor, and the speaker of the house to come together and uh, put together a plan that uh, hopefully will be beneficial to all Mississippians. If you want to go back and watch uh, any of the governor's press conference, uh, you can do so. It's available to you on demand at supertalk.fm and on the Supertalk Facebook page uh, as well. So uh, check that out if you are so inclined. This is Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon, the 7th of May. Tonight is schedule reveal night for the National Football Ooh. League. You've got that coming up on NFL Network. I think it starts at 7 o'clock Central Time. A three-hour show in which the league will unveil the schedule for the 2020 season and they're unveiling it in a way that uh, makes the assumption that we're going to start playing football uh, on week one uh, as it's scheduled, which is what, September the 13th? 10th? Oh, well, maybe yeah, the Thursday night is on the in, 10th. Yeah. yeah, Thursday night the 10th, and then you roll into that first Sunday, uh, which is That's September right. the 13th. So, uh, you've got and that luckily, by the way, evening? you don't have to watch all three hours to wait. It's not like the uh, CBS bracket show from a few years ago where they did like <laughs> region by region, everybody got mad. So the schedules will come out informal release at 6.30 tonight, and the show starts at 7. So if you don't feel like watching the three hours, you just want the schedule, they will be released about a half hour before the show starts. 
So the three hours on NFL Network, hey, Dad, is going to be for the analysis, the hard-hitting, in-depth analysis that you need in breaking down every team's schedule and week one through uh, week 17, all the stuff that uh, is going to be important along the way because you can't do that on your own without uh, a bunch of people that are paid to talk on television helping you do that. That's not just analysis that, that I need. It's analysis we all need. I, I you know, it, It's going to help our country grow through these uncertain times. <laughs> Need, want, crave. You know what else is going to help our country grow? What's that? All of us wrapping our arms around the Doosan Bears, a team that is going to go 143-1. and They had a hiccup in the season opener. Uh, there were some that were uh, prone to overreaction that thought maybe they just needed to blow the whole thing up and start over. But after consecutive wins to get to 2-1, and one, above 500 for the first time in the 2020 season, it is abundantly clear that the Doosan Bears will not lose another game in the uh, Korean baseball organization this year. And uh, that's not only what we all want, it's what we all need, it's what we all crave, Brian Haydad. I believe the Lottie Giants are still undefeated, however. I'm sorry, you uh, you broke up there. I was having trouble hearing you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, yes, the Lottie Giants are still three and zero. Oh, the one forty three and one, one game out of first. Yeah, um, you know, Rippy, it was a uh, it was a tough one for the heroes. They lost. Yep, yep, dropped the first one. And uh, Borky, you're what kind of fan uh, are you? Eagles. You don't even know what happened. Yeah, yeah, I'm not staying up to watch these. <laughs> if I got some time for the replays, uh, they're nice, but I, I'm not staying up to watch these. Yeah. Hey, C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395, 601-879-4395. Equip your organization for simple, successful business continuity with a work-from-anywhere toolkit from C Spire Business featuring powerful resources like UC1 and Office 365. With C Spire Business, it's easy to give your team the tools to get things done, no matter where they are, share files in seconds, chat on any device, meet virtually, and more. All over secure, cloud-based solutions with dedicated local support. Get your organization remote work ready today at cspire.com slash business. We do hope you'll jump in and uh, be part of the conversation on the Cspire text line. The number is 601-879-4395, 601 879 879-4395. Jeff says, I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will be visiting the New Orleans Saints to start the season. Is that one of the rumors that is indeed out there? Uh, that has actually been confirmed. So it got leaked uh-huh. by a, a, a really good uh, local reporter in New Orleans, and it, it got confirmed on a national level. So you get touchdown Tom, Tampa Bay, going to New Orleans in week one, and it's a 3.30 kickoff on that Sunday as well. Ooh, Joe Buck and Troy Aikman in the house. There's also a report about the Saints playing the Vikings on Christmas Day. Christmas is on a Friday. Can anyone riddle me that? That doesn't make any sense. I have a theory on that. It's one of two things. So the the NFL either knows that the NBA, who has dominated Christmas Day, Christmas Day is the NBA's day. Absolutely. Uh, They played a quintuple header on Christmas Day last year. Five games. Either the NFL is, they either know or they're anticipating the NBA not to have started by then, or they have decided, wait, why do we let the NBA take that day? We're going to take that day, and they're scheduling games on Christmas Day because they know they would get more people to watch. 
It's one of those two. That's the only uh, explanation I can come up with. It's one of those two things. They either want to own the day or they don't think they're going to have to try to compete for that day. The guy could be wrong. <laughs> that, that possibility also yeah, I mean, exists. I mean, it's a, it's I just, a I, but, decades I, long. I mean, a guy's been covering the Saints for twenty years. It, it, the schedule news that comes from him is probably accurate. Yeah, I just, Jeff Duncan. I, Jeff Duncan. I just found it odd that uh, I guess I'm not doubting the guy. I just found it odd there hadn't any been any confirmed reports of other games that day, which doesn't mean it's not happening. But like. If you're going to take over Christmas Day and you're only going to give them Saints-Vikings, which should be no problem for the Saints based on recent history, I just figured there would be more than one game. Thank you. First off, I, I don't like you, Rippy. Uh, secondly, uh, they also confirmed the Saints travel to o- or to Las Vegas, I'm sorry, in week two. So uh, Hey Dad goes to Vegas is not going to happen. What a shame. Well, hold on now. What, what's happening in week two for Mississippi State? Is that NC State? That, w- that would be week three of the uh, – so that would be the Arkansas game. But it's Monday night football, so you could cover the state game. Hop on. Is a it plane. Monday night? It's Monday night, I, and that's when Vegas opens their new stadium on Monday night against the Saints. Uh, uh, now, now, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Just saying, you've got the Ooh. days off. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> no summer vacation. Not trying to this push year, you out of so here. I'm just saying, if that's something you want to do, you've got the window. Eh, we'll see. I. Borky might be onto something. Hey, Dad. I mean, why in the world would you not cover the Mississippi State Arkansas game on Saturday, which is in Starkville, right? Right. Is that right? right? Yes. So, so that's in Starkville on Saturday, and then get up and either go to GTR or maybe have to ride over to Birmingham and jump a plane on Sunday morning. It'd be cheaper to be in do, Las yeah, Vegas Birmingham. by do what. It'd be cheaper to do Birmingham and fly southwest. Okay. So scoot over to Birmingham. It's, what, an hour and a half drive for you? Maybe two hours? Two hours, yeah. Okay. Unless it's pouring down rain like it was back in uh, October and then I, when I nearly died. Okay. So you, you record your podcast on Saturday night for, uh, for Thunder and Lightning after Mississippi State and Arkansas, and then you get up early on Sunday morning, drive to Birmingham, catch a flight to Vegas. You're there by lunchtime or so. You have uh, most of Sunday afternoon at Wet Republic. You know the yeah, big, that's where the I big, go. That's, that's yeah, the, the big, first the big place pool. I would head. It's to, to and, the most, one of the most expensive pool parties in town. I need some bottle service. Yeah, well, you know, uh, you got to do. You win in Rome. Uh, so you hang out there on Sunday afternoon, soak up some rays, go back to the room, get freshened up for the evening. Maybe a, a little uh, pre-dinner blackjack. Go find a great steak somewhere. Uh, then go play. What blackjack's not what you're going to play in Vegas? I'm a poker player when I go to Vegas. Okay. Ooh. Well. Okay. I wish I had the confidence to walk into a casino poker room. It's not even confidence. You just got to have money. Don't, just don't take money. It from here whether you got confidence to... or not. I like. I just. Well, know, I know the general rules of poker, I, but I know there's like some stuff that real poker I, players and I would play. I, I, I can't. Play, do they that. have they have tournaments all the time. You know. You know we're not talking about putting. You know. A big chunk of change out there. You know, you can play fifty hundred dollar tournaments and play for a few. If you know what you're doing, play for a few hours and get plenty of entertainment out of it. Well, okay. and that I'm type still, of poker is more about being good at that type of poker is more about tells and stuff rather than you know blackjack. You play like an idiot. It makes other people around you yeah. mad. And so there, poker's there's more less of a about that than it is with blackjack. Yeah. Than there is poker. 
Okay, look, I'm just planning your itinerary for you. You can make I got changes you, yeah. once you get there if you need. So, yeah. so you 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 hang out at the pool Sunday afternoon. Maybe Cross get a little Vegas uh, have, have some uh, umbrella drinks and and whatnot. I like and you, hey, Dad. <laughs> I, I got a story about that. It doesn't it doesn't involve me? But I got a funny story about a banana hammock. You go have a great dinner, and then you go play in a poker tournament on Sunday night. You probably stay up till two or three in the morning. Sleep until eleven the next day. Mm-hmm. Maybe go play a few hands of uh, cards Monday afternoon. Go to the game Monday night. You can't sleep that late in Vegas. It's not possible. Go to the game Monday night. You're going to mm-hmm. go back to the casino after the game is over on Monday night, and then you're going to sleepwalk or sleep cab ride your way to the uh, airport on Tuesday morning no, and I'm fly back to Birmingham. I'll take a couple more days, and uh, y'all see me on Thursday or something like that. Well, that'll be fine as well. I think you should do it. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. We'll be right back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you, streaming at supertalk.fm. Thanks for being with us on this Thursday afternoon. We will, uh, in the next hour, get into a story from Jeff Passan at uh, ESPN. He covers Major League Baseball uh, on plans that MLB has to open play. Uh, There is now what appears to be at least a working plan for how Major League Baseball uh, will resume its... um, Not resume, but will begin its season uh, right around the 1st of July. And so we'll get into the uh, details of that. Uh, another pretty good piece of uh, reporting from Brett McMurphy at WatchStadium.com. Uh, he's got quotes from multiple conference commissioners and athletics directors about a pretty significant shift in thinking with regard to whether or not um, students have got to be back on campus. And we'll see how uh, how that plays out. Uh, so there there are some ADs who are saying, yeah, you know, we said that everybody had to be back on campus, but maybe we didn't really mean everybody. Hey, Dad, you, you looked like you had something to say there, Captain America. No, 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 no. I mean, I think that's a slippery slope, but I didn't have anything in particular to say, no. Okay. Uh, we'll get into it later. It certainly feels like they are they are weighing the optics versus reality, and who cares about the optics if our jobs and programs don't exist anymore? Uh, it kind of feels like the scales are tipping in that direction, but we'll uh, we'll react to it later. We've got uh, Tom Cruise news coming for you a little bit later this afternoon. Uh, let me ask you this about Tom Cruise. I mean, he feels like a bit of a punching bag, right? I mean, people just kind of like eh, make fun of Tom Cruise a little bit because he's short or because he jumped on the couch with Oprah or Scientology or you know whatnot. Lot lots of different reasons. Has Tom Cruise really, though, ever made a bad movie? I haven't seen uh, Vanilla Sky, but I've heard it's not good. <laughs> I don't even know what that I mean, is. I, yeah, I mean it's 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 like some sort of it's sort of like a it's it's a little trippy. And there's a movie Minority Report's Kub- kind of weird. He did that Kubrick movie with uh with Nicole Kidman. That's that's weird too. I mean. I suppose you could debate whether or not Tropic Thunder was any good. Tropic, he is the best part of Tropic Thunder. Thunder Tropic Thunder is really good, and he is by far the best part of it. Depends on uh, if you like parodies or not. I do like parodies. 
Mission Impossible 7 is scheduled to be released in 2021. I'm down. It's like the the franchise that will never uh, will never die. When Cruise makes uh-huh. a movie that's supposed to be like a blockbuster movie, it always delivers. Yeah, I, I guess that's maybe... I mean, I can't really tell you the ins and outs of Endless Love, which was the first movie that appeared in in 1981. But he had a pretty good run starting in 83 when he did Risky Business and then he did All the Right Moves and then a couple of years later did Top Gun and then The Color of Money and then Cocktail and then Rain Man and then Born on the Fourth of July and then Days of Thunder and then A Few Good Men and then The Firm and Interview with a Vampire and in 96, the Mission Impossible franchise began and then there was Jerry Maguire. Eyes Wide Shut was weird, but a gazillion That's the movie people I was watched of. it. Eyes Wide Shut, yeah. Well, I mean, Vanilla Sky's in there also. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, that's know, as good a stretch as anybody's going to have for making money at the movie theater. Jeez. I mean, you, you know, maybe Rock of Ages wasn't your thing, and the music in there is pretty awful. Most of it's pretty awful anyway. But again, a lot of people watched it. And then all of a sudden you look up and he's not only starring in films, but he's producing films as well. And was was there anybody when the Top Gun Maverick trailer came out who didn't watch that and go, that's going to be awesome, I'll go see it? No. that pers- If that person existed, I did not meet them. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm with you. So, so, okay, the original Top Gun came out in 1986. And then you fast forward to 2020 and get Top Gun Maverick, which unfortunately has been delayed in its release. I'll still anyway, go see so, it so, with the theater. Yeah, so some uh, p- some plans for uh, Tom Cruise on the, uh, on the horizon in terms of uh, another movie that he is going to be making. He has been active as an actor since 1981. Tom Cruise is now 57. But he really doesn't look a whole lot older than he did in Top Gun in 1983, does he? Or 86? Nah. He, he, he's aged well. Yeah. I would uh, I would agree with that. wonder how much money he's made. <laughs> a lot is, is a lot an answer. More Tom than us. Cruise net worth, uh, five hundred seventy million, roughly his probably, net worth. He'll probably be okay. It's probably going to be okay. Uh, Sports Talk Mississippi with you streaming at supertalk.fm. We will take a quick timeout and we'll be back with you right after the news here on Super Talk Mississippi. Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott, Rippy, Siskel, and Ebert joining us a little bit later this afternoon as well. <laughs> Ceasefire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Experiencing fever, cough, sore throat, or shortness of breath? Ceasefire and UMMC are partnering to offer free COVID-19 screening through the Ceasefire Health app for all Mississippians experiencing symptoms. Learn more at ceasefirehealth.com. Text line 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. Bob in Itawamba County, are you guys changing to a Hollywood movie review format? Not that I'm aware of. Before we get to recapping all those games last night, we wanted to talk a little movies. 
Yeah, that's like <laughs> stick to sports with a mask on. Yeah. Well, uh, let's actually go to Bob's previous uh, question. He asked it a couple of times, uh, maybe just for emphasis. What about the Lakers getting SBA bailout money uh, or loan money? Any thoughts on that? Um, I just want to like I want to go through the process with the Lakers, and it's like, who's the first person who thought of it? Who's the first person to say, you know what? I wonder if we can get one of those small business loans. Let's just try it for a lark. What? Hey, we got it. Who does that? And then when it came to like publicly, they're like, oh, yeah, we didn't oh, really no. intend oh, to get we, this. We're repaying. Just, a, just a, a prop. We'll take care of that. Give them the money back. I mean, I, I guess that there's a possibility that um, someone advised the Lakers that it would be a good idea to apply for the loan, even though they were not likely to get the funds so that they could do something down the road from an accounting standpoint. I mean, just a guess. Uh, who knows? Or maybe they're just bleeding money and thought, hey, if they're willing to give us money, we'll take it. And we'll hope that nobody finds out about it. And then if somebody finds out about it, we'll be like, oh, this was a massive mistake. And uh, we're we, no, we never intended to get this. We'll, we'll return it immediately. I, I, I have no idea. I mean, is it a bad look? Sure. Yeah. Why did every other NBA Buck? team have the cognizance to not apply for this loan? Had Do we know for sure did... that none of the others yes. applied, or they just didn't get approved? No, they. it was a Woj report. All 30, or the rest of them, did not apply. They're trying to keep uh, AD out of Chicago by any means possible. It looks like to me like the Lakers might have gotten, could have possibly gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling kids. They'd have extra money laying around. That's yeah. smart business, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, so, yeah, I mean, obviously a bad look. Nobody else. Uh, were there any other professional sports organizations that did? None that have been reported. Not, not that I've seen, yeah. I mean, we've we've heard about some big companies that got money, and then the uh, public kind of found out about it, and they've all been like, oh, yeah, we're giving that money back. Only upset when you get uh, when you get caught. <laughs> we're exactly so sorry. Right. We didn't intend to do this. No, we're sorry we got caught. That's it. Uh, Walt asks a question. Thoughts on four-team college baseball player tournament in Texas. Any Rebs, Golden Eagles, or Dogs that you think might be invited? So Central Texas in mid-June, early June, I believe it is. They are going to have a regional-style format. They're bringing college baseball players in from reportedly all over the country. But no, there have been no official reports as which players have been invited or have accepted other than the fact that there has been an inordinate amount of interest because guys want to play ball, and this is going to be a pretty good showcase, and they're going to uh, make it available via streaming. You can buy that. We talked some about that, uh, I guess, last week it was. And, I mean, certainly you've got players at Ole Miss and Mississippi State and Southern Miss that would be worthy of being part of a four-team tournament. What are they saying? Total of 100 players? And uh, I think I saw a quote somewhere that said, you know, we could have made it available to 1,000 players and we still had to turn people away. Um, so we'll, um, we'll see how that goes. It's going to be a, a different deal. So they're bringing players in. They'll practice for three days. Then they're going to divide up into four teams, and then they'll play through a double elimination format. You're guaranteed at least six games uh, total from a viewership standpoint in the uh, in the tournament. I think this is a pretty cool idea. Um, 
I would say I wish it were happening in Mississippi, but if we can't go watch it anyway, maybe uh, it's not a big deal. But um, I think it's a, a pretty cool event. Yeah, it sounds like it's going to be fun, you know, and I'm sure the players will be chomping at the bit to get back out there and play. Um, as to, you know, who might be invited, you know, I guess the MLB draft will be, you know, one of the uh, the decision makers on that if it does in fact happen. And, you know, who the guy, I would imagine, like from state, uh, if the draft's going to happen, I imagine Foscue and Westbrook probably wouldn't go because they wouldn't want to risk injury that close to the draft. But Rowdy Jordan might go, Tanner Allen might go. Um, you know, some of your pitchers might might go if, if offered. Somebody like Christian McLeod. So we'll see. Yeah. Um. All right. So let's jump into this Major League Baseball. Uh, this story. So Jeff Passan at ESPN.com writes: Major League Baseball expects to offer a return to play proposal to the MLB Players Association within a week, as teams have begun to encourage players to prepare for a spring training that could begin in mid June and a season that could start in early July. Sources familiar with the discussions told ESPN. Uh, There are a significant number of hurdles that remain. Some believe that June and July is an overly optimistic uh, projected start date. Ownership's approval of a plan and dialogue about specifics with the union would mark two really important steps toward baseball returning from a season that to this point has been delayed six weeks. And if you push it out to uh, the 1st of July, you're looking at, what, another seven weeks? So about a 13, 14-week delay in uh, in starting the season. Here's where it gets interesting to me. General managers and managers from at least a dozen teams have reached out to players to suggest that they ramp up baseball activities. Um, Some teams have suggested that players prepare for a spring training that could begin as early as June the 10th. So you're looking at a a month from this weekend and a season that could start on July 1st. But there are others who have been saying, look, putting hard dates out there could cause some uh, issues, and uh, they just kind of wanted to nudge players along and kind of tell them, hey, you might want to be ready. Any, Any initial thoughts here? Yeah, nothing sticks out more to me in this than the money thing. Like, they just kind of snuck this in here, but the 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 disagreement between the Players Association and owners about taking pay cuts because they've already agreed to take a prorated uh, version of their salary based on games played. But it sounds like owners have a desire to cut the money more. And, like, when you see this with politics or sports, whatever, even if you have the same goal in mind, uh, money is always a hurdle, and I feel like you might get a bit of a uh, fight for that that could delay things. That's what stuck out to me the most. Is it reasonable for the owners? I know it's not sports, but... What do you mean? Like, you're seeing, like, a fight. I mean, it's not over, I guess, money or whatever, but, like, here who's spending it, it always just seems like money's a bigger obstacle to get past anything than anything else. Hmm. Yeah. I, I would say that that's reasonable or, or is accurate in all facets. Is I'm, it wrong for the owners to be saying, hey, you got to help us out here? We're all working on a kind of a shoestring this year. Not at all. I don't even know who's right or wrong, but when you're talking about really trying... Because baseball doesn't really have the benefit of a ton of time. Because like, if you start August 1st, are you seriously going to play games in home stadiums in Midwest and Northern cities in December? How is that going to work? So like, even if they all want to come back and play, if you waste three weeks fighting over money, then your back is really up against the wall, is it not? Wouldn't you think that they would get that worked out before the 
new spring training began? Probably, but I don't think any one of those dudes want to give up more money than they already have, and so I would hope so. But would it shock you if you're, the start's delayed by three weeks because of hanging up like that and you had a bit of a stalemate? No, it wouldn't shock me. I hope that's not the case, but that to me is what stuck out more than anything else. I'm, I mean, other than the fact that we know they're going to be making less money this year, which they would describe as losing money, the owners would, but we let, let, let's couch it as making less money. I mean, if if a hundred game season with the playoffs gets play, paid, uh, it's not like they are losing tons and tons and tons of money. They're just making less money. So, I mean, I guess it kind of depends on how you look at it. Maybe it's easy to talk about somebody else's money in that particular fashion. I just don't think that the majority of these teams are going to be operating in the red for 2020 based on reduced, especially when you're paying a prorated version of salaries. So it it seems to me like it made sense for the owners to say, hey, if we don't play 162 games, we can't pay you for 162 games. Like That seemed like a reasonable request from the owners. And I feel like that that was something that was reasonable for the players to say, you know what, you're right, that's fair, this is a one-time thing. I'm not sure I can get behind the idea of the owners going back to the players again and saying, hey, I know you've already agreed to take a prorated version of the salary, but we actually need to cut everybody's salaries by 20% just to kind of help us out. I, I don't see that flying. Could you start up and figure that out while you're playing? Mm, I think that'd be hard. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll talk about it when we come back. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, thanks for being with us on a beautiful Thursday. Are we really, is there really rain rolling in tonight? It's been so pretty this week, and it's been Haydad's kind of weather the last couple of days, like highs in the 60s. It's supposed to, to rain all day tomorrow from what I'm looking at. No! Sunny on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday, the high, the low is 36. Saturday, high is 64. Sunday, Mother's Day, high of 69. Not funny. Nice. Monday, high is 66. Nice. So we're uh, more of Hey Dad weather after one day of rain. Why was that not funny? It is funny. Oh, grow up. Oh! Oh, that. that's rich. That is rich. Why, why don't you just grow, Rippy, and then we'll talk. <laughs> oh, wow. That just got, that just went off the rails in a hurry. Hey, all right, Rippy, you asked the question before the break. Ask it again. We were talking about uh, the owners possibly asking Major League Baseball players uh, to for, for the opportunity to pay them less money, and your question was? Could you work that out while you're playing? I would lean no, but I mean, I guess it's worth throwing it out there. Like, are you going to, because with everything else you're risking as a player by going out there and playing, I wouldn't think they would, I think they would want the money and whether they're going to get like more pay cut or not settled before they take the field. But just a thought, I would lean heavily no, but I mean, how badly do you really want to play? Like, could you not get paid at all if this never fleshes out and you don't play at all? I mean, I guess that's a possibility as well. It just strikes me as a really unlikely scenario that they would not have an agreement in place uh, going into the year. Um, I don't know. 
Because if they started playing, it's not like the owners could pull the rug out from the players and say, look, you either have to agree with this or we're going to shut the season down. There's no way that would be the case. And it feels like the players would lose whatever leverage they have to negotiate if they start playing the season uh, without something agreed to already by the owners. I mean, it's like you, you agree that you're going to – like if you got a yard business and somebody says, hey, will you cut my grass? And you go, sure, I'll be glad to. We'll just figure it out on the back end. I mean, there, there's a good chance that, you know, unless it's somebody that you really trust, what you want them to pay and what they want to pay is not the exact same number. Very this is a really simple. big lawn, too. It's a really big lawn. <laughs> a lot of, of really big lawns. <laughs> bunch of them yeah yeah it feels um, like the the union the the players union would would not want to get involved in a situation where everything's not concrete when on day one because you already got half a bunch of these dudes worried about playing in general for health reasons money aside yeah yeah uh greg and jackson says if they agreed to a prorated deal they get paid for the games played yeah that's exactly right i mean that's kind of what they've talked about already and, and that's the what they've agreed to. Right, but the story was hinted at the owners wanting to come back and then take additional cuts, unless I read that incorrectly. No, I, I read that the exact same way. Borky, when you were going through this earlier today, didn't that kind of stand out to you? Uh, this paragraph in particular that said, uh, the league's proposal to the Players Association will be met with open arms. Owners have pushed... Uh, oh, it does not mean that the league's proposal will be met with owner, oh, open arms. Owners have pushed the league to ask players, maybe it should be the union, to ask players to take a pay cut because of cratering revenues exacerbated by no fans being allowed in stadiums upon any return. In an agreement between the league and union, players agreed to be paid a prorated portion of their salaries based on games played, which the MLBPA argues covers any lessening of salary players should take. I guess what the owners should argue, right, is even if we do come back soon, you're playing the games, but we are not making as much money even though the games are on. So th this should be an expected move, right? Because it's not like they're coming back to normal and 40,000 people are showing up to a handful of stadiums uh, this like right away. So even though you're playing the game, they're still not making as much money on the game, so they cannot pay you as much as they would. Like the prorated thing... I understand why the players are arguing that, of course, but I think the owners have a, a counter. But they've agreed that, to that already, right? But if the owners say, "Hey, you agreed to that when we thought that fans were coming back," now they're not. We're going to play games in front of nobody, and we make millions on the people that show up. And now that they're not, we're making less money. Therefore, we have to rework our deal because the games, even though they're getting played as scheduled, are not bringing in the money as expected. Well, let me try try to use simple numbers here. If if Rippy is a, a first year or third year shortstop and he's scheduled to make one million six hundred twenty thousand dollars this year in a hundred and sixty two game season, if you play a hundred game season, it would stand to reason that he would make one million dollars instead of the one point six two million. Okay, you you've prorated that down. You're saying on top of the fact that the owners only have to play the it's not like they're paying the players for the full 162 games. They're paying them for 100 games instead. But you're saying because other revenues or, or, or revenues across the board will be down, that you think the owners should pay even less 
I think they're going to, the to argue that, and they have a compelling argument to make. I wouldn't like that prospect, especially since these owners are extremely wealthy people, and they're still going to have a situation where players are they're playing in front of no fans. There's a danger factor involved, and a lot of you listening probably snicker at that, but the players playing in front of no fans means there's an assumed risk for playing the game greater than usual, because if that didn't exist, people would be in the stands. And since you're not letting them, there's an additional risk factor for showing up to work if you're a player. I, I, I think I would side with the players. If we've already agreed to a pay cut and we're playing the games, and that's what you pay me to do, then you should pay me what we agreed upon. I'm just saying I see where the owners could argue for even uh, an even greater pay cut to some degree, and they have a pretty compelling argument because the revenue is not going to be the same even if the game goes on because nobody's going to be there. Chris on the uh, ceasefire text line in Oxford says it's business. The teams and owners aren't going to make it as much, uh, aren't going to make as much since the baseball uh, teams and owners aren't going to make as much since the players can't make as much either. Yeah, I mean it's one of those things where it feels like everybody should share in the pain a little bit. You know, hey, we're going to help you out, but you got to help us out. I mean, it's much like the relationship that. Um, that business owners have with their suppliers right now. So if you're a business owner, you have to order product for your business, and you do that well in advance of when you're going to actually need it. Well, because of the global pandemic, you've probably had to call your suppliers and go, I, I can't accept that right now. Now, some business owners are, going, are saying, I'm not accepting anything. Sorry, you're stuck with it. Some vendors are saying, you have to take everything. You ordered it. You paid for it. You have to take it all. The part that makes sense is probably where a business owner goes, look, I can't take all of it, but I'll take some of the stuff that I ordered, but you got to help me out on it. And the vendor says, okay, I can't eat all the cost in this. you got to take some of it, and I'll help you out by not making you take all of it. It, it, it feels like that's kind of the same relationship that we're going to have to deal with here and that, that ultimately is going to have to happen to make this work. And as he points out, that's why they want to get this on the table that quickly. Yes. Yeah, I think so. Yes. I think. Don't you anticipate that something gets worked out, though? Like, if they're able to play, they're going to figure out the business piece of it so that they can play? Probably, because the more games and the more time you lose, everyone loses money, which no one wants that. In in much the same way that we saw... Yeah. Just kidding. Guess so. Ah, but you're uh, not kidding. Kinda. But but isn't it like in much the same way that we saw happen today with the state of Mississippi? Okay, the governor says I want to be able earlier. to spend the money. Yeah, the governor says I want to be able to spend the money, and the legislature says no, it's our money to spend, and they publicly throw barbs back and forth about, well, no, it's my job. No, it's your job. Well, you're stealing. Well, you're being irresponsible. Well, you're trying to amend the Constitution. Well, we'll change the law. Blah, just all this back and forth and everything's through the media. And then it's like the people that actually have to do it sit down in a room together and they say, obviously you think one thing and we think another thing. How it probably should happen is somewhere in the middle. So let's figure out a plan that will make this work that ultimately is beneficial for the people of the state of Mississippi, who in the baseball example would be the fans. I mean, let's ultimately make this beneficial for the fans. So both sides are going to have to give a little bit, figure out something that works for everybody and then try and move forward. And what is it they say about a good compromise? Everybody feels like they got something 
but everybody also walks away a little frustrated feeling like they had to give something up they didn't want to give up. And that means you probably came to a pretty good deal. It's almost like government works better, and I'm not talking about Mississippi. I'm talking about like in Washington even. That's kind of how government used to work. And it was for the most part a pretty good thing. We don't seem to operate that way very often anymore. Quick timeout. We have allegedly the Saints schedule. We'll look at the Saints schedule when we come back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Kind of wrapping up the previous conversation, text on the ceasefire text line. These athletes are arguably among the healthiest people in the world. The leagues have had two months to figure out appropriate plans to play games. Don't know why it's taking so long. The NBA should have resumed playing games weeks ago. Most businesses figured out a strategy to keep their business going, and public schools figured out distance learning on the fly. Sports can do the same. The majority of the public is ready to get professional sports rolling and games being played. I'm extremely disappointed in Rob Manfred and Adam Silver. Yeah, except it's not just the players. They go home to their families. And it takes more than players to put on a game. Yeah. It does. But I, I, I again, this weekend went to Walmart, for example. Places packed. People everywhere. And not just buying essentials, either. Be sure to get toilet paper. <laughs> but what's the difference? It, that may be a dumb question. I don't think it is, though, because if you look at the list of essential businesses, Lowe's it should not be one, but yet I've gone to Lowe's every weekend to do yard work, and guess what? Lowe's is packed, shoulder-to-shoulder, people everywhere. Yeah, most of them have masks on, but I didn't know gardening was an essential thing. It's helped me it's, keep my sanity, but it is not an essential thing. So, yeah, but, but hold on. I get what you're saying, but at the same time, if somebody's pipes burst... Or if their roof caves in, and they need to be able to fix that. Look, I get why a a building supply store would be essential. Then only allow those aisles to be open. Well, they did so. I think they did that. I bought an apple state. tree like two weeks yeah, I think ago. They did that in one state where they uh they like you couldn't buy seeds or something. I don't know, but I bought my son I mean, a new get... baby seat. We didn't need at Walmart. You know, if if you were really just making all these things essential, you would have blocked the baby section because I didn't need to go get him a new baby seat. It's just he's sitting up now and he's getting bored with I the mean, things he's got, so I had to get him a new open, one. They're open though. They're they're open. I mean, I don't I don't have a huge issue with that. My point is long-winded way to say why is it so dangerous that athletes who are tested and healthy play a game with nobody around, but me, who's relatively young and healthy, but I, I'm not the youngest person going to Walmart on the weekend or going to Lowe's. There are elderly people not wearing masks who are the most at risk to get this, but these stores are allowed to open and people are allowed to get whatever they want that is non-essential and be in public. It's okay for that to happen, but it is not okay for a bunch of 20-year-old, healthy, tested, negative baseball players to play against each other or a bunch of healthy, tested, negative basketball players to play against each other. Why, are, why am I allowed to do things that they're not allowed to do? And luckily, my livelihood hasn't been threatened yet. Is that completely apples to apples, though? Because I, I think uh, I think Joey Votto could go to Lowe's. It's just, I mean, wouldn't it be a little bit of a liability thing as far as, like, playing? 
I mean, what if a state, like, so a worker gets it or a contractor, like, do they have a case against Major League Baseball? What if the Lowe's employee gets it? What if I got Great it? question. What if you got it? What if, what if I got coronavirus? What if I got it because I'm coming to work every day? I did not miss a day of work since this happened. What if I got it? It's for corner office, buddy, not me. I'm just, but exactly. I'm, I'm just throwing, so I'm just like I'm just throwing. Like I, I would think there's a lie. I don't think it's like I don't think it's an apples to apples argument saying you if you can go to Lowe's they can play baseball. Like that, that doesn't seem that simple. How is it not? Well, because you have 26 dudes plus a manager in a clubhouse together every day. When are you around 26 people at one time during all of this? This weekend. Where were you? Walmart. And Lowe's. Yeah, but you're going there by your own choice. Like, this is an employment thing. Like, they wouldn't I, have the choice. I came to work. The The employees there that rung me up came to work because they didn't have a choice. Yeah, but aren't you seeing no. the same thing with the legislature thing? I've heard Reeves get questions back-to-back days where, like, well, what if these places open back or, and these people don't feel comfortable going back to work? And they, they did have a choice. Their choice were was go to work or lose your job. And they chose to go to work. Go to work and play baseball, or don't go to work and play baseball. You're, you're going to tell Mike Trout you're fired? You can dock his salary. He signed a contract. Contract is to play. We're playing, Mike. You show up or you don't get paid. Guess what Mike Trout's going to do? He's right, but that's not the up. same argument because they but aren't open the to play argument. yet. Yeah. I'm not that's saying you're wrong. I just You more, being able to go to Lowe's and them having Major League Baseball games and traveling to other cities is not the same thing. Like They don't have that choice yet because the league is shut down. Right. That, that's my point, is why business. not open the league? Because it's, at least for now, a non-essential business. I mean, some of that's being phased Non-essential I mean, businesses are opening places now. What's the hang so Some are. Not in, 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 in a lot of places, but it's not happening everywhere. Then Look, go I mean, to the place I, where, it, where it is open. Well, that brings the whole quarantining with the families in the Arizona and Florida thing that most of the players dumped on. Yeah, I don't know that you can ask all of these guys to do something that is unreasonable just because we want to watch baseball or basketball or whatever. I mean, you're changing you're changing the parameters of what they've signed up to do. And I know we've all had to change from what we signed up to do a little bit. I mean, we're, we're working in places that we don't normally work and maybe going about it in ways that we don't normally go about it. But you can't say to a group of a thousand men, hey, um, yeah, we're going to need you to not see your family for six months. And, and people immediately go to the, well, you know, there are deployments where people are gone for six months. Well, yeah, that, that's right. And when... You signed up to be an active military personnel member. You knew that there was a possibility that you were going to be deployed and you would be away from your family for an extended period of time. When you sign up to be a Major League Baseball player, a professional football player, a basketball player, you know travel is required. Obviously, you know there's going to be time away from your family, but you also know that you're going to spend some time coming home and you'll be able to be with them some. And so to just say, hey, 22 to 30 year old new dads can't see your kids for six months or your wife for six months because we want to give baseball to the fans. I think 
that's but that's not the reason why they're doing it see because we want to give baseball to the fans is not why they need to start it has nothing to do with us whatsoever it's really different for me for basketball and baseball because basketball i mean you got 10 guys on the court they're there is no social distancing there. Not that there's you know, you can have it in baseball because yeah, there's a lot of bumping and grinding. But I mean, well, that's not quite the term I would use. But the point is, yes, there's sweat flying. Place is all about phrasing here. I, I know, man. Jeez, the phrasing. But I mean, there, there's sweat flying everywhere. There's possibility that you there's going to be blood out there. It, it's it's just it's just different for me for basketball and baseball. It's not really an apples to apples. Then test comparison. them all. UFC has twelve hundred tests, and they're going to go fight on an island. By the way, the fight if, this weekend is, I was wrong about this, it's in Jacksonville. Did y'all know, were y'all oh, aware well, of this? So they're Apparently the island is, is not operational. I'm just throwing that out there. I thought I was getting an island fight on the beach this weekend, and boy, was I mistaken. So yeah, they, it's like Fire Festival 2.0. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pretty much. But maybe Hopefully he didn't was, uh, brag Norman's about... K, they, yeah. <laughs> he didn't brag about where he got it when he was explicitly told not to, but they have 1,200 tests. I'm not entirely sure what you're arguing here, though. I, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to be obtuse. Like, I, I, don't, I don't completely understand the genesis. Like, is it because you want them to play or you don't like the way they're going about it? I mean, what... No, I, I'm no not, not at all. Entirely fo- no, I'm not entirely following the rationale behind they should be doing this right now. That's not what I said. I, I'm just wondering, what's the hang-up? Especially with the NBA, what is the hang-up right now? You have tested the entire league. Every team got a test because you had players test positive. Well, tested the entire of, league. Some of that, though, is the perception. You're going to need daily testing each day for these guys, right? And that appears the to UFC's be... The UFC's doing it. Yeah, I, 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 would, I would explore how they're doing that, and they're not having to do it daily as often, I wouldn't think, because you're not playing, uh, like you're not fighting in UFC every day. But no, I'm just like, you talk about the testing thing, is that not still a hang-up in why these leagues haven't coming back? Because that's what I keep reading in it's, all of these news Adam stories. Adam Silver's worried about optics of it, but what... But is it logistically completely possible? I'm not yes. like, telling you you're wrong. I'm asking, like, do they have the ability to test these guys multiple times a day with immediate results? You, right, you wouldn't the have second, to test them multiple gotten, times a day. Well, whatever the temperature check, at least test them once a day. Whatever is all of that set in place? Because I haven't gotten a clear answer to that. Temperature check would be easy. The the testing daily testing for each player is that possible? Like right this second to where they can do that? Does each team in the entire league have the ability to do that? I'm not saying they don't. I just keep reading these stories and I can't get a straight answer on that. I don't have a straight answer either. But that was not even we went down a road that I was um, not intending to go down. My point was this weekend I was around a bunch of people. All over. Mask, no mask, didn't matter. Essential, non-essential, we were buying things that we didn't need, but why is there a hang-up with sports? Oh, we can't start a sports league, but I can go be around a couple hundred people who are not protecting themselves at all and buy stuff I don't need. That was the point. Okay, th- this, quote, this quote from Mark Cuban... And it had nothing to do with me wanting of... sports back at all. Okay. It's not what I'm doing. This quote from Mark Cuban flies in the face, though. He says, the problem, obviously, is that because we can't test people, then we can't assure anybody's safety, whether they're basketball players or anybody else. Uh, We can take all the precautions we want to, so he's not opening the Mavericks practice facility yet, even despite Texas reopening.
A lot of folks on the C Spire text line agree with the points that Michael Borky was making just a few minutes ago. We'll get to those coming up. You can text the show, C Spire text line 601-879-4395. Have you guys watched the video, almost three-minute video, from the Saints' official Twitter feed? Yes. It's the, uh, it's, it's the tweet where it says it's schedule release day and we're doing things a little different this time around. And it kind of outlines, okay, the Saints, great at home. You're not welcome in our house. When we come on the road to play in your house, you don't want us coming back. And they're showing highlights of you know wins at home and wins on the road. And you get the pregame, who dat, who dat, who dat say they're going to beat them Saints. And like it's kind of chill-inducing. And then the video transitions to talk about how we're all in this together and shows the clips of the Saints organization – sending food to healthcare workers, first responders, police officers in opponent cities. It's pretty powerful. It was maybe I'm sappy. I, I don't know. Forgive was, me if I am. But that was that cool. Perfect. True. It was perfect in terms of you got the fans fired up at the beginning and then you got a great message across and you were still able to troll the Atlanta Falcons. I can't ask for more from a video than that one. I was about to ask if there was an unoriginal dig at the Falcons because those two seem to love to do that. They said that uh, they sent some stuff to Atlanta and they said, even though we have 283 reasons to hate them. I thought that was great. Uh, I got it because they lost the Super Bowl. They led uh, 28 to 3. You get it? Correct. Yeah, that's how that, yeah. I get, get it. Get it. Get, get it. Get it. Got me yeah. again. That's pretty good. So they sent, uh, sent lunch to. First responders, a bunch of pizzas in Detroit, a bunch of pizzas in Chicago, a bunch of Philly cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, and some whatever they sent to the police officers in uh, in Atlanta. That's pretty darn cool. Yeah. And in perfect encapsulation of how the last three seasons have gone, they'd do something really awesome and look incredible, and then suddenly an unexpected twist happens and you get emotional. It's been quite a ride. <laughs> It's been something. If you're bitter, say you're bitter, Borky. <laughs> uh, three years have not been good. It's like they're really, really close to hooking me. I guess close. Yeah, but then I, they I, signed I Jameis, I... and it's like, oh, come on. The signing Jameis made them infinitely, infinitely more likable. You think? Yeah. If he has to go in, I don't like wish injury on Drew Brees, but if he has to go into a game, the Saints are the most interesting team in football. That man takes a one-step drop, and it's compelling. You have no idea what's going to happen. <laughs> he could throw it to a Saints defender. You have no idea what's going to go on. With the way Taysom Hill's See, playing, he might be a defender this year, too. I'm a Saints season ticket holder. I already paid my renewal, and I sit in the club. I hope we can go. A lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, so with regard to players getting back and Borky's comments earlier, why not? Why, why can't they? Why can't they do it? Here, Here's some text messages. Borky is right on. Here's another one. Um, I've had to go back to work in a furniture factory with 900 people and ain't no testing going on. That's their job. Go to work, I say, or bring in replacements if they refuse to play. Yeah, that's... I got that, but they just don't currently have the option. I got lost on them. You like Borky being able to go to Lowe's, but them not like being able to play to where they don't have the option. Like people who had that's, to work from that's home. my point is get, 
it's time to give them the option. But we okay, had, that's fair. That's, that's what fair. I'm saying. It, it's I guess I didn't say it very well, but that's my point is why can I do all of those things, but why can the guys not play? I mean, we, we had two things happen yesterday. A German soccer league is coming back, the NFL of Germany, the and they don't, have, they don't have sweeping widespread testing. They don't, but they're still going to play because they know they need to or else the financial losses are just devastating. They could lose clubs, and we also on this show had a – a very, very good rant about yesterday about how we need to let people get back to work and know that people are going to get sick, and that's just going to happen. It's unavoidable. So this idea that, oh, well, if the NBA comes back and a player gets sick, oh, no. it That's what everybody's doing right now. And you, you can go ahead and just postpone the league for the rest of the year, but your players aren't getting paid, your arena staff's not getting paid, everybody's going to lose a ton of money, or you assume the risk, like five or six texters we've gotten who are working around hundreds of people, like I did this weekend, because if I get sick, that's what happens to me. I assume that risk. And you try to salvage something. Not for us fans, it doesn't matter to us. It's the financial component. Okay, the NBA comes back and LeBron James gets corona. Then what happens? They're just without LeBron? Yeah, he goes to the hospital, waits till he gets well, and then he can come back again. That's the risk you assume. Either that or you just don't have a season and you don't pay your players and everybody I just don't think the league money. wants that. Because like, that's why you shut down in the first place. Go, get, go Bear got it. You just couldn't quarantine the Jazz for two weeks. Doesn't work. That's hey, Dad, part you know of who why. plays in the Bundesliga? Borussia Dortmund. There you go. Borussia. See, I learned something yesterday. I probably should have known that already. Steve-O says the cure is now worse than the virus. College football fix coming your way next. It's driven by Ford. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Borussia Dortmund. Just after 5 o'clock with you on this Thursday afternoon. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for being with us. C Spire text line is open to you, 601-879-4395. At C Spire, they're not just saying they care. They're taking action to show it through COVID-19 and every day. Now more than ever, Mississippi needs to stay connected. And C Spire is working to make that happen from offering free wireless data for educational websites to connecting businesses with the tools to work from home. They're even partnering with UMMC to turn the C Spire Health app into a free virtual triage center for anyone experiencing symptoms related to COVID-19. Learn more at cspire.com slash cspirecares. It's time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix, driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. Find out why the best-selling trucks are built Ford tough. But don't just take our word for it. Get behind the wheel of a Ford F-150. There's a reason that it's the best-selling truck in America for 43 straight years. It drives like a dream. Test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealers today. Great big old long article, whole bunch of words on the interwebs from Brett McMurphy at WatchStadium.com. The article, Will College Football Return If Students Can't Return to Campus? Conference Commissioners Weigh In. 
So Brett McMurphy talked to multiple conference commissioners, although the league leaders for the SEC and the Big Ten and the uh, Sun Belt declined repeated interview requests. So you get no input here from Greg Sankey in the SEC, Kevin Warren in the Big Ten, or Keith Gill from the Sun Belt Conference, but a bunch of others uh, jumped in and talked a lot about the idea of College football returning, even if you don't have the full allotment of students on campus. McMurphy writes, it's a dramatic shift from just a few weeks ago when many college administrators indicated the general student body would need to return to on-campus classes in order for student-athletes to participate in college football. Those decisions, whether to play if the campus is closed to general students but open to student-athletes, ultimately will be made by the individual school presidents or chancellors. Here's what Bob Bowlesby from the Big 12 said. Going to class in an online sense is satisfactory. There's room for that to happen. School has to be in session. Student-athletes have to be going to class. I'm not sure if it was Bowlesby or if it was somebody else, and without reading the entire article, I don't remember off the top of my head, but somebody said, you've already got a ton of athletes who are doing online classes as opposed to going to a physical classroom a lot of the time anyway. Does that factor in at all for you in, in thinking about the whole do students actually have to be back on campus? Wasn't it Johnny Manziel that when he was really rolling at Texas A&M could not take a class in a classroom because he would disrupt campus by walking across it? Yeah, I mean, that may have been the rationale they had given. I think Johnny Manziel probably wasn't terribly interested in going into his biology lab either. Of course not. And Justin Fields uh, made a lot of headlines and people made jokes, but this fall he took exclusively online classes and his rationale was he wanted to focus on football as much as he could. So the the option is already there for these kids to begin with. ACC Commissioner... Go ahead. I don't think it's the online. I don't think it's the online class thing. It's that you have to be willing to say that campus is open and safe to come yeah. to. If you tell the athletes you have to come to campus, but you tell the rest of the students no, you you have to stay away. That's where you're opening up the can of worms. So here's a question, you, and I know we're going to get more to it, but do you think this shift has occurred because they've stopped caring about optics? That was my first thought when I read this, and it, the more I think about it, maybe it'll change. But to me, when they said, "Oh," and I. I don't think that they can or didn't think that they could have college football on a closed campus because the optics would look so bad because it it would be about money because they need to preserve money that they would do this. But do you think now saying this out loud is just them saying optics be damned. We we need this to happen because we have so much money tied up at least into television rights that we have to do something to maintain what makes us so much money, we'll we'll deal with the optics battle later. We have to do this, or else a lot of people are sunk. Well, I mean, the that other, may be the other a component. Is, and the other side of it is going back to what I was saying is, okay, they want to play the games. That's fine, but we've said all along that we don't think that games can be played without fans. So campus is safe for the athletes. It's not safe for the students. It is safe for the fans. I mean, I, I don't know where they're going to go with that. It, it feels like it feels like a, a couple of lawyers will make some money off of that deal. Yeah. Look, I, I mean, you remember the old the Facebook relationship status? It's complicated. <laughs> yeah. I mean. 
COVID-19 reopening the economy, reopening college campuses, restarting college athletics, restarting professional athletics, is the Facebook relationship status. It's complicated. And there's not an easy answer. We talked yesterday about the fact that when we reopen everything, there's going to be a spike in cases. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. There's not a vaccine. There's not a magic bullet. There's, I'm sorry, a silver bullet. There's not an easy answer here. But you can't continue to sit on your hands and do nothing. That's not the way the world works. That's not the way the economy works. That's not the way academic institutions work. Everybody's leveraged financially to varying degrees. I mean, maybe Harvard with their $80 billion endowment or whatever the number is can just kind of do whatever they want. But my guess is they even have rules on what they can pull out of their endowment. If they didn't, it wouldn't be sitting there at $80 billion in perpetuity. I mean, generally speaking, the way those endowments work is there's a certain amount of money, you know, you're able to take some of the gains and, you know, distribute that for things used. Nobody can function indefinitely without revenue. And I don't care how big the corporation is. I mean, Amazon is making money hand over fist. Making it fat. I mean, if you look at Jeff Bezos' net worth, there was a blip early on in this crisis in May where his net worth dipped. But since then, it's gone up 20% because Amazon has continued to function. And I only mention that because the, the, the point there is if Amazon, despite all the cash they've got on hand as a company, if no revenue is coming in, then they can't last forever, regardless of how much cash they've got sitting on the sidelines. Same thing with Apple. Same thing with you know Netflix, whoever, whatever company it is. You know Warren Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway. I don't care how much cash they've got sitting on the sideline. If they have to tap into it, eventually you, you need to make money. And these college campuses are the same way. You, you can't continue to operate without significant government help. You don't have the ability to make money. And it's not that they're profit centers. It's they've got to make money to continue to operate, to pay professors and to pay staff members and to pay electric bills and utility bills and infrastructure costs and costs and construction projects and everything else. You can't sit there indefinitely and not make money. Universities in Mississippi have had to refund millions and millions of dollars already this year in the spring semester because they sent students home early. They're not used to operating in a cash flow out sense. They're used to being able to operate because cash flow comes in. Not to mention no parking tickets. Yes. <laughs> it's a revenue generator, Rippy. I mean, that's what I've heard. How, how much were they refunding in, in ticket prices? You know, everybody's baseball Millions. season tickets got, got refunded, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds awful so, lot like an argument somebody was making about a half hour ago. Maybe so. No, 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 exactly so. Yeah. No, I just oh, got just, lost at that. But the, we're talking about college athletics as opposed to professional athletics, and yeah, there's a little bit difference. different model there. That's not. 
It's a different operating model. Don't you agree? Yeah, but the genesis of the argument is identical. Revenue has to be made. You can't just sit on your hands and not make it. I think everyone, including professional sports leagues, are in agreement on that. Like, I don't think anyone would disagree with you there. The three of you did. No, I was. I just didn't wasn't following the. If I can go to Lowe's, they should be playing baseball right now. When I told you I was lost on what you were arguing, I just kind of lost track of specifically the point you were making. It wasn't that I disagreed with the point you were making. I just lost track of where it was going. That's right. That's fine. Sports Talk Mississippi. That's your college football fix. We'll continue on this story from Brett McMurphy and uh, some of the other points that are out there after a quick timeout. Just a quick around the horn here of kind of some stuff that's coming back and is going to be on your television in the coming weeks. Turner Sports officially announced the date, times, and networks for the next Tiger Woods-Phil Mickelson competition, of course, including Peyton Manning and Tom Brady this time. The event will air on May 24th. It will start at 2 o'clock Central Time. And it's not going to be like last time where you had all the glitches with the pay-per-view set up. It will air live on TNT, TBS, True TV, and CNN's Headline News. <laughs> That's good news because we, since we didn't have the NCAA tournament, I didn't get my fill of where is True TV on Twitter. So I can get that now. That's good. You're, you're, you're going to get it. TNT, TBS, True TV, and HLN all will carry it starting at 2 Central on May 24th. Major League Baseball, we've talked about, uh, is planning to submit a proposal for the resumption of its season to the Players Association within a week. That was reported by Jeff Passan at ESPN. IndyCar has announced uh, that it will begin its season at Texas on June 6th with the race taking place on its original date, but with no fans in attendance. It will be televised on NBC Sports Network. The rest of the IndyCar schedule remains unchanged from the revision they put out last month. And... We mentioned it yesterday, the Bundesliga in Germany plans to resume its season May 16th after a two-month layoff. The Premier Lacrosse League announced on Wednesday that it plans to begin an abridged two-week season that will start on July 25th. And the National Hockey League is now looking at resuming its season with, how about this, you like playoff hockey? A 24-team playoff tournament that would include a best-of-three play-in round. That's according to the New York Post. So you're getting that some action fantastic. in that a lot of good. different areas. There's, like there's no way that's going to be there's no way that would not be completely enthralling. I don't guess you'll have catfish being tossed onto the ice in Nashville with no fans in the stands. No. Would be impressive if they were to figure out a way to still make that happen with nobody in attendance. A catfish uh, pole. Just do it like the Chick Fil A blimp that they do at some of those SEC tournament things. And just have one of those things start bombing catfish. Maybe like a drone. Can you imagine dropping catfish from that height? My God. I mean, you wouldn't hit any fans. Splat. Splat. Uh, let's see. Let's go back to this story from Brett McMurphy at uh, Watch Stadium talking about the uh, possibility of. Football returning, even if campuses are not fully open. Uh, John Swafford from the ACC, the commissioner there, said different schools may have different versions of campus studies in the fall. He said playing football while student-athletes take exclusively online courses is, quote, a question that has to be answered, close quote, by his presidents. 
Went on to say, given the circumstances, you may have varying situations of what an open campus means, what a new normal is. That's part of identifying all the different questions. There are a lot of possibilities and hypotheticals that will be answered in due time as needed. Mike Oresco of the American Athletic Conference said the complexities behind any decision, quote, should be subject to serious discussion and says, what if with virtual classes, online classes, you could protect football players, staff, and others? Why couldn't they play? That's something that needs to be discussed. I would suspect our campuses would want to play, but it would be up to the presidents and chancellors. We may not get the entire student bodies back. Now, what's the motivation behind that? Uh, Sorry to interrupt, but why... Okay, maybe this is a complicated question, but why would they, if their campuses can't open in, say, September, why would they start football then as opposed to, I mean, even starting in December? You know, why why would they rush to start it when campus isn't open and you can't welcome fans when they're, and maybe it's just the unknown that would cause them to do it, but when you could start a few months later, give the, the smart people more time to figure this out, and then welcome fans in the stands. It's not the same time window, but at least you could capitalize on, on both of your revenue streams, right? Maybe. Let me, let me throw a question back at you. What exactly are we trying to get the smart people to figure out? That's another really good question. Um, well... It depends on on what you read in a given day, because as we talked about last week, Oxford University believes they have a vaccine and they're already mass producing it through a company, what was it, in India, Uh, by the millions, because they they believe that it's that effective, that they have, all they need is a couple more clinical trials and boom, it's worldwide. But then you read... What's the level of trepidation that goes along with mass consumption of a vaccine that is less than a year old? Man, that's a good question because how and, and do you I'm know? not trying to make I'm not trying to make an anti-vaxxer argument here. I, I I mean that's more of a practical question. No, that's that's why at the very beginning the uh, hydrochloroquine was the the hope behind that was so real because it, it it had been a drug that we had known about for decades, right? And so you knew that if you take it, there's no side effects. But a vaccine that was de- developed in months that is worldwide distributed from a country that's not ours. And, of course, our FDA has to clear it, but still, sure. that's very fast, and we don't know what could happen in five to ten years from it. That's a that's a really good point. I'm told from a concerned texture that operates in this field that there are cases where people could get the virus from the vaccine. Oh, my gosh. See, I mean, <laughs> ugh. Actually, that also, came from me, myself. I'm a doctor. Oh. But no, your question's a valid one, though. What are they looking for? Is it just a treatment? Because people are still going to get sick, and you're, you're going to have well, that, blowback I, I, if there's not a, a cure or a vaccine. No matter, like, if the NFL starts this fall when there's not a cure or vaccine, they're going to get criticism. Now, they can survive the criticism because they just don't care, and it's big enough to where criticism doesn't matter to them. But still, I think it's we going returned, to exist. Yeah, I think we returned to what we were talking about yesterday. And to me, this is this is the question that they have to have an answer to. There, there's not going to be an a- answer for a vaccine in September or October. I, I, I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong about that. I, I don't think that's going to be the case. There's so so a, a cure per se is not going to exist. So the question is, what do you do? with someone that tests positive that is playing a sport 
when inevitably that happens? How do you handle yeah, that situation? That's well, the that's answer that they have to come up with. That's what I was kind of getting at earlier. Like, if you just like, is LeBron just screwed for two weeks in the middle of a playoff run? Do you quarantine the whole team because they've been around him? I mean, that's yeah, where that's sports question, is yeah. different than the rest somebody, of this. Somebody, you know, even if it's they, less LeBron, do you want no LeBron James and no Anthony Davis in a playoff run if they both contract it? You, Sounds pretty or like awful. you said, if, if the if the if one Laker gets it, do you have to if you have to quarantine the home team? What what if they're they're in the playoffs? That's why I was that suspended. Back. Yeah, you would have yeah. to test the whole team for sure, and if everybody else is negative, because that has happened. Like there has been one family member get it and have it. Of course, as you guys know, it sticks with you before it shows for days, and one person in the family tested positive. So and, that would be you wouldn't have to quarantine the whole team. I don't think you would just no. have to test okay. them all. And it, it, it's not one of those things point. where it's like. It's not fair because, you know, I mean, you can go to the playoffs and LeBron could break his leg and, it, you know, the Lakers are just screwed in that, on that deal. It could be, it's, you know, it's sort of the same thing, but it does feel a little unfair because it feels like, you know, a broken leg is an accident, whereas this feels like it could have been preventable. I know of a situation where a family member tested positive for coronavirus, dealt with it, was quarantined at home, with the rest of that person's family, everybody else in the family obviously had to be tested, and they all tested negative, and they've been tested subsequently and have not had any positive test results and have done the antibody testing and have had no positive results for it. It's weird. We, we don't know the answers to this. And overwhelmingly, people are recovering from COVID-19. Are there deaths? Absolutely. Hundreds of them in Mississippi, thousands of them across the United States, hundreds of thousands of them across the globe. I'm, I'm, I am not making light of COVID-19. But it is not a death sentence for everybody that tests positive. Not anywhere close to it. And I'm not, I'm not about to go down the road of start, you know, statistics of mortality rates and morbidity rates and all that. I, I, I'm not smart enough to talk about that in an even remotely educated fashion and don't understand epidemiology and disease states and blah, 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 all, what, you know, whatever other buzzwords go along with this. I, I, I'm not there and I'm not trying to go there. But one person testing positive does not mean everybody else around them is going to test positive. And it doesn't mean we shut down everything. It cannot mean we shut down everything once everything reopens. we got to continue to be smart. You've got to continue to do the social distancing stuff. Clearly, we need better and more testing available. But it's going to happen. And there's going to have to be some personal responsibility that goes along with this that says, if you're high risk, you're probably going to have to stay at home longer. Nobody's going to tell you to make you. Nobody's going to tell you that you have to. But if you are a high risk individual, and let's just say they open stadiums back up and say, yeah, they can, you, you can come to games. Well, you probably need to make the pertinent decision. I don't know that that's the environment that I need to be in. Even if it's available to me, I may not need to be in that environment. And so I'm going to make the personally responsible decision to stay away. It's kind of how it's going to have to be.
Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi back with you on this Thursday afternoon, 7th of May. Tonight is the NFL schedule release. We've got that coming up in about an hour and a half. There have been multiple leaks. Is this happening with other teams as well, and we're just locked in on the Saints? Is that the deal? I haven't seen that many from the Titans, although there have been some. I think they go to Denver uh, for the first Monday night football game, or the first night of Monday night football, but game number two. I think that I think okay. that's how the Titans open the season. I haven't seen any from Dallas yet uh, at all, but yeah, they're coming out. I mean, the first game of the season is going to be Kansas City uh, in Houston, and there's already odds if you want to bet on it, ten and a half uh, in favor of uh, Kansas City right now. So, Ooh, big number for the uh, for the season opener. So we have a leaked Saints schedule that includes four preseason games. It, I, I will say it would shock me if we see four preseason games. For everybody across the board. Yeah, don't um, think the Saints are going to be in Los Angeles on August 13th. At the Rams, at Pittsburgh, home for Houston, home for Miami. That's the current preseason schedule for the Saints. But the part that people are worried about is uh, what begins on September 13th. Home game number one, Sunday, September 13th, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, Borky told you earlier, 325 on Fox. So, Joe Buck... And Troy Aikman and Aaron Andrews in NOLA to start the season on the middle of a Sunday afternoon. Week two at Vegas, Monday night football, 7-15 kickoff on ESPN. The christening of the stadium, too. So Vegas is on the road in week one, and that will be how they Mm -hmm. open the stadium. Wouldn't you think that there would be a lot of New Orleans fans that would make that trip? Hey, Dad, I know you sure. want to. Yeah, but I mean, that's that's a, that's a destination kind of thing, yeah. And it's, the, it's, a, his, it's a moment of history, first ever game there. That, they're yeah. going to be that location. They have a strong fan base, and no, it's obviously not in Oakland anymore, but they'll have fans there. It won't be like L.A., but... No, 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 it won't. They'll have... I, I mean, I completely agree with you. But yeah, they will have strong... a, a big road contingency every single week because of where they yeah. are. You're saying strong fan base. I mean, there are still more Raider fans in Los Angeles than there are Charger or Ram fans right now. Yeah, true. 100% true. Week three. Four-hour drive from Vegas to L.A. Yeah, it's not that bad. Week three. Saints back at home. Sunday night football hosting the Green Bay Packers. Will the Jordan Love era have begun by then? Tune in to find out. This so home you schedule get, is incredible, for especially the quarterbacks you have coming. So, so you get the Fox afternoon primetime game slot for week one, week two at Vegas on Monday night football, week three Sunday night football at home, week four at Detroit at noon, week five Monday night football again, this time back at home in the Dome, the Los Angeles Chargers rolling in. That is MSU's bye week. That might be a little bit more uh, likely for a Brian Haydad appearance. And then an open date. Hate that early bye week. So a week six bye week is just terrible, especially when you have a quarterback that's going on 50. But you couldn't ask for a better start to a season. You get 
although Tampa should be really good and offensively should be really good, it's still Brady's first game with a new team and you get them at home. Then you go to Vegas while they're opening a new stadium and the theatrics behind that will be really cool. It's a team that you have a better roster than for sure. And you host Green Bay. They're the toughest one of this group, I think, but hosting them is good. Relatively easy road game, or should be, in Detroit. And then you host Justin Herbert's Chargers for a, for a five-game stretch. You couldn't really ask for a better one than those first five games before your early bye week. Just don't After throw the bye early, because the last time this uh, Saints and Bucks opened the season in New Orleans, I believe Fitzmagic won that game fairly handily. That's right. Threw yeah. for, what, 460 or something like that? Some that crazy day? number. That's yeah. how he earned the nickname. Was that two years ago? Yes, sir. Yeah. Week one. Yeah. And they almost lost to... If not for three missed field goals and a missed extra point, they would have lost to Cleveland in week two. Yeah. So after the bye week, uh, they host Carolina. That's a noon game on Fox. Then they have back-to-back road trips November 1st and November 8th. That's in week uh, weeks number eight and nine uh, at Chicago and then at Tampa Bay. So uh, they get Tampa Bay twice in the first nine weeks of the season. And then how about this stretch at home? Niners at home on November 15th, afternoon time slot on Fox, and then the Falcons at home on November 22nd. Then it is three straight road games. Tough stretch here. At Denver, at Atlanta, and at Philly on November 29th, December 6th, and December 13th. Absolutely brutal. And when you consider how few outdoor games they actually have to play, you get Tampa... In November, the weather should be fine. But then in that three-game stretch, those are two cold-weather cities outdoors in December. We can call November 29th for December for the sake of argument. Those are two games in cold-weather environments for a dome team and an aging quarterback. That's a brutal three-game stretch right there. Yeah, I mean, Denver on November 29th. Say that again? So I'm glad Saints-Falcons is not on Thanksgiving again this year. I can actually watch it. Yeah. Denver on November 29th at uh, 3.05 Central Time in the afternoon, so that'd be 2.05 Mountain Time. Could be 50 and sunny, or it could be 16 with 6 inches of snow. All all of that is on the table. All right, so after that three-game stretch where they go to Denver, go to Atlanta, and go to Philadelphia, the Saints will come back home for a December 20th matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. CBS 325 in the afternoon. Whoa. That should be a, a heck of a game. Don't you love coming home after a three-game road stretch and then Patrick Mahomes rolls into town? The defending Super Bowl champion. Thanks for the break there, Roger. Which, that's a game that could get flexed to Sunday night football, right? You would think, yeah. Uh, Then Christmas Day, hosting Minnesota. That's Friday, December 25th at 3.30 in the afternoon. You know, if you worry about fan attendance, I mean, maybe it affects some people that come from out of town, but I would think, you know, with a 3.30 start, you give people uh, time to have Santa Claus on Christmas morning. You could even have an early Christmas lunch, or you could, you know, do whatever it is that you want to do and still have plenty of time to get to the Dome for that one. 
Oh, yeah. A lot of uh, tickets in stockings uh, this year as well. I'm still Ooh. fascinated by the selection. Ooh, yeah. That's a great gift idea. You're welcome. Um, but move, having a game listening? on Christmas Day, I hope she is. I think she is. She usually does. Um, but fascinated by the idea. Because they've everybody in sports has conceded Christmas Day to the NBA. They've just given it to them. And that is the unofficial start of the NBA season. In the games, they rate well for NBA basketball, but it's not anywhere close to what a national NFL game would get. So back to what I said at the beginning of the show, I think it's one of these two things, and I can't come up with another reason why they do this. I think they either anticipate no NBA that day, or they've decided, forget you, why am I giving you this day? It's ours now. And they're just going to go compete against the NBA and dominate them. Well, and and the NBA on Christmas Day is a combination of ESPN, ABC. Does TNT get a game? I think it's all ESPN, ABC on Christmas Day, isn't it? It's all ABC, ESPN, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so this is Fox and NFL Network or Amazon. Uh, There's some sort of a simulcast deal that's going to happen with Amazon, and they they make a note on there that that's subject to change. Uh, And then regular season closes out January 3rd on the road against the Carolina Panthers. That's one where the weather could be miserable. Or it could be beautiful. Or it could be in between. I'm just going to fill in the third bite. <laughs> th- th- thanks a lot, Rippy. I, I appreciate that. So no home problem. games, Buccaneers, Packers, Chargers, Panthers, Niners, Falcons, Chiefs, Vikings. That's a pretty good home schedule. I mean, incredible. Yeah. Like, the value of season tickets. Imagine if you bought in a few years ago what it is now mm. versus what it was any other time. All right, you got to pick one game you can go to. What are you going to? Chiefs. You're going to the Chiefs game on December 20th? That would be the one I would go to, yeah. I think I'm going to okay. the opener. <sighs> Touchdown Tom in a different uniform? I kind of want to see that. I'll get chances to see Patrick Mahomes again down the road. You know, I mean, he's I mean, going to be around that, a while. You say that though, as far as like if you're talking about playing in New Orleans, the oh, Chiefs yeah, shouldn't true. play shouldn't shouldn't play there for another eight years. So, yeah, he'll go to Nashville a couple of times though. Monday night football was fun, fun, fun to open the season last year. I don't know if you hear the same thing I do, hey Dad, but it sounds like somebody's jumping on. I mean, I'm looking at this schedule and thinking there are two or three that I could potentially see myself going to. I'm just saying. Cross like, and Haydad? United? At the, let's do it. L- like, one that I'd probably just go with a buddy, one that might be a couple's trip, and then one where we're like, hey, take the kids. Let's introduce them to it as well. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming.
Super Talk Mississippi media production.